welcome everybody to our first game night after. This was teased a week or two ago if you're listening to the Free Basketball Pod by me and Daniel saying that we were going to start looking at some games heading into the NBA playoffs and just giving a quick recap on them. I'm a little upset with Danny because he dropped his first one for the Grizzlies yesterday and we had originally said that we are going to do 15 minutes or less, but of course... He decides to be Mr. Go Get It and say 10 minutes or less. So now all the pressure is on me. And if you listen to us at all, you know I am a guy that likes to talk. So hopefully I can keep this in under 15 minutes or less. I'm going to stick to the original plan that we had said. But for our first game night after, I'm talking about the game that happened last night. And that would be the one versus the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. If you watched this game at all, you saw a game that really didn't have any rhythm to it. And it had a lot of star firepower. Unfortunately, that star firepower was the referees and it was foul calls. But I'm jumping the gun a little bit, so let's back up. Let's talk about some quick stats snapshot here. Bucks won the game 124 to 118. Um, they just played two days ago on Sunday. The Bucks won that game 117 to 114. Giannis in that last game had 49 points on Sunday. KD with 42. Tonight, Giannis posted another great game 36 points. He's 11 30 from the field, 4 for 12 from 3, had 12 rebounds, 4 assists. Chris Middleton, who was pretty quiet and almost like he wasn't playing for most of the game and then came alive in the fourth quarter and ended up having 23.7 rebound four assists. Drew Holiday, solid as a rock, 23 points, eight rebounds, 10 assists. KD, another good game, 32 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Kyrie, 38 points, five assists. And I think everybody was getting excited because everyone wants this to be the Eastern Conference Finals matchup, but the way things are going here the last 8-10 to 10 games down the stretch, the Bucks have moved back into second place, uh, uh, the Nets have moved back into second place, and the Bucks are actually potentially challenging them for the two seed. Um, so instead of this being what everyone seems to want in the Eastern Conference Finals, it looks like there's going to be a collision course in the second round if everything else goes to plan in the first round. But there's a lot of interesting things about this game. I wish I could say it was exciting, like I said at the top, but it just did not have the firepower besides just the both teams scored a lot of points, not a whole lot of defense being played in this game. The Bucks absolutely destroyed the Nets on the boards. Rebound disparity, the Bucks have 55 rebounds, 15 offensive rebounds to the Nets, total 39 rebounds. I believe they only had 6 offensive rebounds for the Nets. It was kind of poetic that the first basket of the game was a Drew Holiday offensive rebound, and the last play of the game was a tip-back offensive rebound by Dante DiVincenzo. So, pretty slow start for both teams. Not a whole lot of points scored. I mean, the Nets didn't break double-digit points till the 536-minute uh, mark in the first quarter. But the Bucks only had 14, so it's not like the Bucks were just running off on them. It was a very choppy first half, a lot of free throws. Bucks ended the second quarter on 11-3 run. I mean, the halftime score was 58-66. to So... 
talking about how slow the beginning of that first quarter was. There was 24 combined points in the first 6 minutes and 24 seconds of the game. Over the next 17 minutes and 36 seconds of the first half, there was 100 combined points between the two teams. So the beginning was awful. But then for that, after we got through that lull, I don't know if it's just tired legs coming off of Sunday. They had a day in between to rest, so I wouldn't have thought it would have been that. Um, but it just felt like both teams didn't really care about this game too much. Um, the Nets were pretty passive most game. I wouldn't say anyone was particularly trying hard. It was a lot of one-on-one go get your points kind of game and the Bucks kind of had that feeling too I mean Giannis started great in the first half he was three for five from three 21 points in the first half KD had 17 um, but Giannis just got it rolling early and that's really kind of what saved or propelled the Bucks in the first half to give them that eight point lead so halftime people just looking didn't watch the game see 66 58 and think that yeah, this is a really fun exciting game and it just was not that it was fouls Um, So a lot of free throws, um, and I'll get more into fouls here once we end uh, after the second half. But the second half, it kind of had a reverse start to the first quarter. Bucks didn't break double digits points in the first quarter till almost halfway through the quarter, the 656 mark. So many fouls to start the third. There's absolutely no flow. I, I counted the fouls in the third. There were 15 foul calls plus a tech that was on Blake Griffin. Um, and and steam, the team started to get into it. So the Nets started the third a lot hotter. They came out of the halftime break seeming like they actually wanted to play and win the game. And I think the Bucks after the third quarter, kind of realized, okay, maybe this is actually going to turn into something competitive. Um, the Nets were just always kind of hanging around. But the Nets won the third quarter, 36-26. to 26. So the, the score heading into the fourth was Nets were up 94-92. to 92. And then TNT came out with an interesting stat, which who knows if half of these TNT stats are actually true. But the Nets were 33-1 and one on the season, heading into the fourth quarter when they have a lead. And the Bucks are 3-17 and 17 when trailing after three quarters. So... We know the end of the game. Obviously, now the Nets are thirty-three and two, and the Bucks are four and seventeen. But the Bucks starting into the fourth, there's not a whole lot of flow still. But the Bucks took the lead at one point. I believe it was one hundred four, one hundred three, or one hundred three and one hundred two. This is kind of where it gets into the weird nitpicky stuff that I was gonna do. That I always end up doing when I watch a game closely. Steve, head coach Steve Nash who was pretty passive the whole game, didn't do too much, didn't interject himself too often. He called a timeout after the Nets had like a five or six point lead, I believe. uh, The Bucks came back and took the lead again. He called a timeout. After that, the Bucks proceeded to go on, and or they were in the middle of this run when he called that timeout, but they continued the run, and it ended up being an 18 to one run to push the lead all the way up to 11 before Kyrie broke it with a floater. And during that entire run, Steve Nash did not call a single timeout. The only timeout that happened during that entire run was when a TV timeout was called. So the fourth, in the second half, it was weird. The Nets came out, punched him in the mouth early. Bucks kind of staggered a little bit, but then the Bucks responded in the fourth 
and they just played harder than them. I mean, Chris Middleton finally got going, stuff was going in for him, and it completely flipped the game on its head. The biggest swing, and I think this is important because we've seen this all year this way this year with the NBA is if you are a good three point shooting team and you can spread teams out, you're never truly out of a game. So even though that lead for the Bucks in the fourth balloon to eleven, the Nets weren't out of it. I mean, they had cut it to five and had a chance to cut it to two with about a little over a minute left, and Katie had a contested look at three, missed it, Bruce Brown got the rebound, threw it out to KD, and he missed a wide-open three. So he usually does not miss the second, but even with how bad this got for the Nets in the fourth quarter with Steve Nash not calling timeouts to stop runs and to set something up, they just have the firepower to stick in the game, even if it's a game that they don't look like they care at all about it. So the kind of interesting strategy that I noticed was towards the end in the final minute. The Nets seem to have this plan to just let Giannis do whatever he wants. If he gets big points, great, let's stop the other guys. So they have this interesting, it looks like the Nets, if they face the Bucks in the playoffs, which we think they likely will, they employed kind of a hack-a-shack strategy towards the end. They put Giannis on the line, told him to put him away. And he essentially did. He went three for four. In those final free throws under two minutes. And that's what Giannis is going to have to do if they're going to meet um, in the playoffs. He's going to have to put them away from the free throw line. The weird kind of thing in the final minute, if you watched, is the lead was 124 to 118 heading into the final minute and a half, and that's how it stayed. The Nets did not foul. Um, obviously most teams, even if it's an eight to 10 point game under a minute left and you get a turnover, like how Drew Holiday ripped Kyrie towards there at the end, like most teams still foul and call timeout, set up a play. The Nets were not worried about that. They did not do that. So Giannis shot a three with, I think 20 something seconds left. DiVincenzo gets that tip out and the Nets just let it expire. And so the bucks just kind of are confused what's going on why are they doing this they pass it out they don't even try to shoot they let the shot clock expire and the nets just inbound a ball with six seconds left and the game's over so that was kind of weird that's why it kind of tipped off to me that the nets really didn't care about the game it was kind of uh go get your points you know get in a rhythm don't get injured kind of game um so i don't know if that's strategic is they didn't want to tip their hand to show them anything uh, but it certainly was not a super hotly contested game where I would say the intensity was playoff level because this game was definitely not it. So Chris Middleton was the story of the fourth. I believe he had, you know, 11 to 13 points in the fourth quarter by himself, and that helped put the Nets away. So final, like we said at the top, was 124 to 118, Milwaukee Bucks with the win. Player of the game to me, I, I don't know if I'll always give a player of the game for these, but I'm going to give this one to Dante DiVincenzo. I know he wasn't a flashy player, um, but he had 10 points, 15 rebounds for a guard, and he was one of the few guys, if you rewatch the game, if you happen to record it, he was the only one who really cared. Like, he was out there hustling, he was all over the court, back cutting, 
most of the game was just everybody staying around the perimeter and not doing anything. So I might give player of the game to a guy who actually seemed like he wanted to actually play the game. So Dante DiVincenzo gets my player of the game for this game. Now talking a little bit about big picture, I don't want to talk too much about theoretical what's coming up but big picture i think everyone this should be mentioned because everyone's going to focus on this game look the bucks took a season series against the nets they face them in the second round they're going to feel really good playing them and they probably have a lot of confidence after these couple games but like i said the nets weren't playing didn't have james harden it was hero ball um so there's still a lot of questions to be had so yes i wish this was an eastern conference finals matchup but it's probably going to happen in the second round. Don't think it was a super fun game, but it has intriguing matchup questions that I'm sure me and Daniel will get into when we actually break down series, if this series actually happens. But little questions like, is KD going to hold up physically against Giannis and Brooke Lopez? What's the closing rotations? Are the Nets going to stick with Griffin some games, DeAndre Jordan, or are they going to go small? And vice versa for the Bucks. Brooke Lopez didn't play in the crunch. It was a um, P.J. Tucker, Bryn Forbes, who Bryn Forbes also had an awesome game, so he was super helpful for them off the bench. I mean, the fouling Giannis strategy, is that going to be something we're going to see a lot in this matchup if it happened in the playoffs? Is this going to be kind of in the mud type of series, even though it might be a lot of points scored? And is this going to be a series where it's, hero ball stars versus a team ball centric team um what are we gonna see is there gonna be ball movement if harden's back with the nets and just have that pure shot making of the three stars or is it the bucks who more fluid and need rhythm on offense are going to be able to dominate the bucks uh the nets in the post like they did tonight so a lot of questions after this game but this is what these game night afters are gonna be just quick under 15 minute looks at the game itself some thoughts some notes that we have from it so thanks for listening to these they should be hopefully something you can listen to on the way to work or on the way home to work hopefully get you more engaged heading into the playoffs because we're going to start doing these more regularly daniel's going to start doing more grizzlies and i'm going to be doing more topical game of the night afters any kind of nba game so thanks for tuning in pay attention to the feed free basketball three at twitter follow us we are part of the lead sports media thanks for continuing to tune in and we will see you guys after next game